I've chosen for a subject today. I don't know if we're going to get it. Yeah, it's up there. I'm, I'm just used to writing on the blackboard, you know, back. I'm, uh, so uh, maybe I can uh, learn to adapt to technology. Uh, our great-grandson called us this morning, and and Susan answered on her little iPhone, and she had uh, four grandchildren on there all at one time. I mean, picture here and here and here, and it's all talking. And he's like seven years old. And I said, how would you do that? I don't have the slightest idea about how all this stuff works. But I'll be honest with you, I don't really understand God. He never asks us to understand him. He just asks us to believe him. Because the reality of it is I do not know and can explain to you how that a black cow eats green grass and gives white milk. And we've learned to turn it into butter, but it's awesome. God's just an awesome God. And when you stop and think about how all the great, wonderful things he does that we have no explanation for. Well, and here's how I've come up with this, and then we'll get started here just in a minute. I learned a long time ago that there's uh, people talk about different interpretations of the Bible, and if you have one, that's fine. Uh, but I learned a long time ago that and Genesis 1 and 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I can't explain that. I'm not going to debate it. I just believe it. So it boils down. It says the same thing whether you read it or whether I read it or whether Butch reads it or whether your aunt or uncle reads it. It says the same thing. The question is, do you believe it or not? And, and you, won't, you won't hurt me or I won't think you're crazy if you want to. Back in the old day, people get so excited, they stand up and clap their hands and, and get all excited about the Word of God. And uh, I'm still excited after all these years. Um, uh, I just had a birthday, and I'm 77. And I was introduced to the Lord. Thank you. Uh, I was introduced to the Lord by my mother and by her mother, and uh, by a bunch of uncles that was just, that's all I've ever known is God. And uh, he's been so good to me, and uh, he's continuing being good to me. And uh, so anyhow, I chose for a, a topic today just to talk with you a little bit about, and now if you see my wife go like that, that means cut it off. <laughs> she won't do that because everybody knows what it means. Uh, but she, we worked that out a long time ago. And my daddy-in-law daddy -in taught me this, too, when I first started preaching. He, he was a pastor. I married a preacher's daughter, and I've never regretted after 58 years, I guess it's been now. That's a long time. And, uh, but I did it all over again. Amen. But he, uh, the, I don't know some of y'all remember, they used to have what they call old-time fellowship meetings. And he'd get together, and there'd be about 10 or 15 preachers on the platform. Every one of them had the message. And every one of them is going to be used of God. How many remember? Does anybody here remember that far back? Some of y'all don't. You, you're in for a treat if you could just be in one of them one time. But my daddy-in-law always taught me. He said, "Son, he said, you stand, you go, and you stand up to be seen. You speak up to be heard. Then you sit down to be appreciated." So I'll try to be appreciated this morning. All right, I chose for a topic. Says, "Don't worry, be happy." Don't worry, be happy. Turn to somebody and say, quit worrying. Just be happy. The reason why worrying has never solved 
Nothing. Nothing. All worrying does is bring stress to your life. And most of all, it brings stress to those around you. They have to put up with you and listen to you while you're worrying about everything. Thank you. Everybody said amen. That's awesome. Amen. But uh, so just don't worry. You know, back years, I don't know if some of y'all remember, I think there was a song or a saying or something about uh, it become very popular. Don't worry. Just be happy. Uh, well, some people's never figured out how to be happy, but maybe there's a possibility we can find something in the Word of God this morning that will help you to learn how to be happy. Number one is that he that comes to God must first. First thing you got to do when you come to God is believe. That's the first thing you got to do. So how many believers we have here this morning? All right, so we're, we're, we're going down the road, okay? And then the next thing you got to understand is that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, okay? So God's got it all under control. But anyhow, I've chose this scripture that I would like to read here. Uh, it's Solomon. They had just built the temple uh, that David had uh, wanted to build, but God wouldn't let him because of, he was a man of war. He fulfilled his responsibility. And he said, your son Solomon will build it. And they just finished it. And Solomon had prayed a prayer of dedication. All of Israel's there. They was excited and happy. And if they could put that scripture up for me, maybe. There we go. I tell you what, let's all just stand and read it together. Could we do that just as the base of us to get started this morning so you could be a part of it? Just read with me. And it was so that when Solomon had made an end of praying and all his prayer and supplications to the Lord, he rose from before the altar of the Lord from kneeling on his knees with his hands spread up to heaven. Okay. And he stood and blessed all of the congregation of Israel with a loud voice, saying, Blessed be the Lord that hath given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. Everybody say promised. There hath not failed one word of all his good promises which he promised by the hand of Moses, his servant. The Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers. Let him not leave us nor forsake us that he may incline our hearts unto him to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments which he commanded our fathers. And let these my words wherewith I have made supplication before the Lord be nigh to the Lord our God day and night that he may maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel at all times as the matter shall require. Amen. You may be seated. And so we're going to talk about the promises of God and whatever it takes, whatever the matter, whatever it requires, God will take you through. But first of all, we want to understand that there's not one word of God that's ever failed, can't fail. No way it can because it's established forever. David said these words in Psalms chapter 8, 
118, verse 24, said, This is the day, turn to somebody and say, This is the day the Lord hath made. Now, what are we going to do? Worry? We going to complain? No, no, we're not going to worry. This is the day the Lord hath made. We're going to what? Rejoice and be glad in it. Rejoice and be glad. This is the day the Lord's made. You can't, you can't go back and live in the past. Too many people can't enjoy the present for, for wanting to, somehow they can't forget the past and then they worry about the future and they miss out on all the joy of the present. In his presence, there's joy what? Forevermore. All right? It's just there. And at his right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. So quit worrying. Just be happy. God's got it all taken care of. I can say this one thing with David of old after having a birthday. I was young. Now I'm old. <laughs> and I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. And I can add to that, I won't ever see it. It doesn't exist because God made some special promises unto his people and not a one of them has ever failed. They can't fail and God will be do whatever it takes to make the situation work out the way he wants it to because all the promises of God are just yay, amen. Don't have to explain it. Don't have to worry about it. It's all right. Just a few to kind of lead up here to, to understand that uh, there's some people in the Bible that needed some things to take care to be taken care of, and uh, so God just made it happen. Uh, there was a man in the Bible that I went and borrowed his neighbor's axe. How many ever borrowed something from somebody? Did you ever break it? Did you go buy him a new one or did you just take it back and say, this broke? <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. All right. He bought, they was building a house and they, this, he bought an axe and he's chopping down and going to make a beam. I'll just tell the story my way. And the head flew off the axe because he actually missed it and hit. How many of you ever broke the head off the axe? What happens when you don't? Yeah, hillbilly there has. I, I, I don't say that out of disrespect. Me and him's from the same hills, and we know what hillbilly people do. And uh, so you break the head off an axe, it fell in the water. He started worrying. Don't worry, as the need shall require. What it requires, don't worry. They just took a stick, stirred the water. Up, come back, said, he just reached down, picked up, said, here, don't worry about it. It'll be all right. No need to worry. You, if you borrow a tool and you break it, don't worry about it. Just go buy him a new one. That solves the whole issue. Don't worry about it. Look, Jesus said, let, let not your hearts be troubled. Why are you worrying about things that don't exist, things that have not got here yet, why are you not just giving, living just today and enjoy the blessings of God today? Because we worry. We fret. God don't want us to worry. God don't want us to fret. He wants us to 
be happy. Because why? A merry heart does good like a medicine. You know, there's a lot of sick people because they're not happy. Huh? Yeah. Happiness is healing. You'll see happy people, they're just they're good, they're they're well people, they're gold. A merry heart does good like a medicine. Worrying takes that merry heart out of place. Remember that Jesus said, Don't let your hearts be troubled, for God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Don't worry about it. Whatever the matter requires, God's going to supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Well, what kind of riches does God have? Did you ever think about the first bank of heaven? Did you ever think about God being able to back it up in a, with a place that has walls of jasper, gates of pearl, streets of gold? Let me tell you this. God would bankrupt heaven, put the angels on half rations before he had ever let you go hungry. Absolutely. That's how much he cares about you. You're his child. You've been born again. How many here has been born again? You can't be unborn. It's Christ in you. Turn to somebody and say, you know, God is in you. Christ is in you. Can, can we grasp this reality here for just a minute? I wish I could just say it's so real. Did you know that there's right now, right now, there's angels camped around about me? Right now. They're, they're, they're there. How do I know they are? Because he said they were. Alex and I go hunting. I can't even dash my foot against a rock and fall down and break my leg out there by myself because he knows there won't be anybody there with me. He said, I'll just put my angels in charge over you so you won't dash your foot against a stone. Think about a God that's like that, that lives in you, lives in you. The creator that hung the stars and the moon and said, let there be light, and there was light. He lives inside you. Doesn't he? He's there. Oh, man, let not your heart be troubled. Why are you worried? Abraham, now go out and look at the stars at night. How many's ever been out where you could really see all the stars? I mean, see the stars. You can't even poke them, you know. I know we've all been to the beach and see the sand down there. He said, Abraham, your seed's going to be just like that. <laughs> I like this story. How's it going to be, God? Abraham, as the matter shall require. God, what are you going to do? You promised it. How are you going to perform? It's real simple, Abraham. I'm going to turn your life back to where you can father a child, and I'm going to turn Sarah's life back where she can have one. That's just real simple for God. Impossible with man, but it's possible with God. The very God that lives in you, the very God that you was worshiping this morning, is, is just all around you. He's there. He lives in a dimension that you can't see, but he can come to you. He can make himself visible to you. He can appear to you uh, and speak to a donkey. He can appear to you in all kinds of forms and ways, whatever the matter shall require. I, I won't, I'll slow down and tell some personal experience I've had I, I my whole life I could just 
it's just been, I, sometimes I go off this one of why God would do, do all these wonderful, great things for me. I've seen angels. I've seen miracles. I've seen God multiply money. I've seen God heal people. I mean, I'm not talking about something that I heard. I'm talking about something that I seen. We have two, two twin grandsons, and they are 27 or 8 years old now. And they both have engineering degrees, and they both got full-fledged scholarships, books included, and everything in the University of Alabama. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that's just <laughs> roll tight. I'm just telling you this. When they were born, they were really, really premature. What was he born, Susan? Three months early. First time I saw them, you could hold them in your hand like a couple of little rats. I mean, that's how small they were. Their skin was still. You could almost see the blood veins through their skin. There's no way that they ever thought they could ever possibly live. Doctors said no way. So Susan and I, because we was up there at the hospital, and, and you know, right after they were born, and guess what I saw? I couldn't tell everybody this, but I know you're a believer because you said you were. I literally saw two angels. One stand at the head of each one of those incubators. Then they stood. Tell you exactly what they looked like. They looked like human beings with a big old black or brown robe on and the thing pulled up over the head, up over the head just standing there. And I, nobody could see him but me because it was just, it was me. It was my deal. It wasn't nobody else. It was mine. See, he said, only with thy eyes shall thou behold and see the glory of the Lord. You can't see somebody else's blessing. You can't make nobody else have a relationship with God. And I even said, so a little bit foolish, you can't even save anybody. It takes God to do it all. So anyhow, I saw him, and, and I just said, well, what's, what are you guys doing here? He said, well, we come to take care of this situation. It's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. And then they just vanished. And my, our daughter-in-law, of course, she was, she was a nurse, and uh, she got a little bit frustrated with me because I just was happy and go lucky up there. You know, I'm just, man, they're cute, and look at them and all that. She said, Grandpa, aren't you? They don't bother you that they're not going to live. I said, they're not going to live. They're going, they're going, not going to die. They're going to live. And so, pass on the story real quick. They lived, and uh, they're healthy and wealthy and very, very smart, very intelligent. They're both engineers, and uh, so the day they come home to the hospital, they come to the hospital about I don't know maybe an hour or two after they got home. So I drove up to their house, walked up. Was walking up the steps, going to the house, and here these two angels just come walking out the door. I mean, didn't open it up, just walked through. Very same two, same outfit, still hadn't changed clothes or nothing. You know, still looked the same. <laughs> well, that's all right because see, Israel, their shoes never wore out, and they wore the same clothes for about forty years, I think, or something like that. And uh, they just come walking out, and I said, uh, well, "Where are you guys going like that?" I said, "Never saw them. Nobody saw them but me." They said, well, we're going back where we come from. I said, well, we're through. We're through our work, Sue, here. 
I said, well, where is it you're going? I said, well, we, you can't go there right now. And I said, you can't go there right now. And then they just gone like that. Now, that's my testimony. There's people that probably wouldn't believe that. But you can, you can twist my arm. You can torture me and make me say that didn't happen. But down deep in my heart, I know it's real. Because God, as the matter shall require, God was there. Whatever it takes, it don't make any difference. Master, there's this great big wedding going on. I got to tell this story because when our daughter got married, the people that my beloved wife hired to cater the, the dinner, they run out of food and everybody wasn't fed. And so this is so real to me. Master, we run out of wine. What shall we do? Just real simple. As the matter shall require, I promise I'd take care of it. What it require? Just put some water in the pots. Now, most of us probably would say, why do you want us to put water in those pots? Too many times we question God, try to figure God out, try to understand how it's all going to work out, what methods God's going to use to do it. Don't worry about how he gets the job done. He'll just get it done. And it won't be the way you think it's going to be. Put water in the pots. And they want to say his mother said, she said, well, let's do whatever he says. And he says, put water in the pots. Put water in the pots. He says, take that stick and stir the water. Stir the water. And guess what happened? Here, come taste this, Alex. Tell me what it tastes like. He said, whoa, man, you all say the best for the last. That's just him. Don't worry. It's all right. Peter, the apostle Peter, had the keys to the kingdom, stood up on the day of Pentecost and preached that glorious message. And made a promise, said, this promises to you and to your children. God's promised you, don't worry about your kids. God didn't promise to take care of them. Give them to him and trust him. And don't try to take them back. Peter got all frustrated in the ministry, got all down the dumps. Said, Master, taxes come due. And I don't have any money. You're worried about have money problems and worry about it? Why worry? Peter, Just you just need a little relaxation. What do you like to do? Well, I'm a fisherman. Just take your fishing pole and your boat and just go fishing. And when that's one fish you're going to catch, open his mouth up and look inside and take that coin out of it. And there'll be enough there to pay my taxes and yours too, so why worry? Why worry? It's all going to be all right. He's a God that cannot, will not, no way for him to ever lie or not perform what he would say. You can just trust him. That's all you got to do. Don't try to figure him out. Don't try to understand how he does what he does. How can he? See, God does things. He speaks things into existence. He just said, let there be light and there was light. Now think about that. A God that can do that. Let the moon appear. There it was. He lives inside you. He wants to bless you and do things for you more than you really want it done for yourself. That's why he called you. You're special. Can I let you in on a little secret? You didn't choose God. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. 
I chose you. No man has ever sought God at any time. God's always sought man. Now you stop and think about it. Peter wasn't on going to no revival on the road to Damascus. He looked down and said, or I said, Peter meet Saul. Said, where are you going? <laughs> He's going to go chop some heads off. Lord said, no, I got other plans for you. The book of your life was written, and God will finish the work that he started in you, so don't worry about failing, don't worry about... Matter of fact, it's sort of like this, if I can explain it right. In God is all these different virtues. He's a healer. I know he's a healer, not because someone told me he was, but because I've witnessed it with my own eyes and my own life. Now, God couldn't be a healer if there wasn't somebody sick to heal. It might be you. They brought this boy to Jesus one time and said, Master, who sinned? This, why is this boy in this shape? Who sinned? His parents or what's the deal? He said, neither one. It's that God might be glorified. God might be glorified. Things will happen in your life so that you will know who God is for yourself. Not because somebody told you, don't worry, just be happy. Let me tell you this one story about us, about Peter, just go fishing. When we were first came here, Sue and I were just, we were young, had three children, just more dumb than young. Didn't know anybody, didn't have nothing. We bought an old tent from Reddy's Tick Company and started having church in it. And we'd promised to pay this, the guy we'd owed some money to, we'd promised to pay him on a certain date. We didn't have the money. And I thought, how can I go tell this guy I don't have the money to pay him? This is things I know. I don't have the money to pay you. And me being a preacher and telling you, and telling everybody God can just do anything. God can work miracles. God can do this. How can I go tell this guy I don't have it? Students, we ain't got it. I said, well, I tell you what, I'm going to go pray, and I want you to go count the money again. While I was praying, she's counting the money. She got all excited and wanted to run with a little hallelujah. You know, yeah. She said, I ain't believing this. I said, well, be a believer. Guess what was there? Enough money to pay the bill. Don't worry. Just be happy. You know why Abraham is called the father of faith? I know we got all kinds of things, but let me put my spin on it. Abraham staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but he was fully persuaded that whatever God had promised, he was able to perform it. Isaac, come on, me and you's going to go up on a mountain. You don't know it yet, son, but I'm going to kill you. I'm going to lay on that altar, and I'm going to just sacrifice you, chop you up, and lay you on there and burn you. Unless that sounds gross. That's just how it was. He got the wood and went and got up, and Abraham just knew if, if, he, if he had to do that, then... God was able to raise him up. Abraham tied him up and got him all up and had the knife brought back.
And God, you know what God said? He said, angel, Gabriel, go down there and grab Abraham's hand because he's really going to kill that boy. Stop, st grab his hand, stop that. And then God come, you know what God said? He said, now I know. Abraham will do anything that I ask him to do. Because Abraham was persuaded that whatever God promised, he's able to perform it. So why worry? Wouldn't it be something to be just all happy all the time? We, there was a lady in the church who used to go preach that years ago. They called her Sister Happy. We were right in the middle of service, and the preacher say something, just a keynote, you know, just so everybody got to. She'd jump up and go, happy, 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 happy. <laughs> if that floated her boat, that's fine with me, you know. It's just, you know, she was just happy. Just happy. Don't worry. Turn to somebody and say, don't worry, be happy. I'm not going to go too much longer. I'm, I'm, I'm heading on. I'm getting down to my last page or two. Now, if I draw a blank here in a minute, just hang on because it will eventually, my computer will bring it up. My computer is just getting old and slow. And it happens every once in a while. Man. God said, children of Israel got all excited about leaving Egypt. All excited. We're leaving, man. Let's go. Come on. We're getting out. We don't have to do all this grinding work anymore. Let's go. Come on. Come on. So they took off. Moses raised them up. And look, Moses raised up. And here they go. They go out there and they get up to the pool. They look out and all they can see is water. And they're like my wife. Her parents told her she could never go to in water until she learned how to swim. Now figure that one out. There was the water in front of them and Pharaoh's army behind. What are we going to do? Worry? Fret? Don't worry. Just be happy. God will take care of the situation, whatever it requires. Whatever the matter requires. It is required. God said, Moses, stick your rod out there. And I'm water just... God, God can do that. That's reality. That's just not something that we really read about. That's a God that lives in you. It may be a different era time. But God does not change. A different era time. They walked on foot. We drive cars. I remember when I was dating in Florida when I was about 17, 18 years old. We lived up north, southern Indiana, got cold, snow was on the ground, about six inch snow was cold one night. I was coming home in my big luxury 58 Mercury. And my dad had a gas tank, a fuel tank there on the farm. That's where I always pull up and fill it up myself. We didn't go to the station, buy gas, no, I got there. Well, I didn't get any that night. And coming home, my car was on empty. And we lived way out in the boonies. Now, Ask you, Billy, what that means. Uh, we uh, we live way out there, and the gauge is on empty, and I said, oh, Lord, please help me to get home to get to that fuel tank. Well, all I had on was a pair of real light shoes, 
and a light jacket, and I didn't want to have to get out and walk about 10 miles. I, I couldn't do it. That 58 Mercury that had them big dyes hanging in the, in the, in the thing, and then teardrops, knobs, you know what I'm talking about. No hubcaps and wheel rims painted black. How many, how many of y'all can remember stuff like that? Yeah, see, there's people in here like me. Man, I was, all at once, that thing, and I, it's sitting on empty. It go, how many ever drove a car and run out of fuel? What, what's the first thing it did, Dave? Oh, you put kerosene in it. <laughs> no, no, it starts bucking, chugging. It'll chug about two or three times and buck once or twice, and just die. I thought, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? Now, this is my story, and I and you will never, ever take it away from me. I got out of that car. I started walking. It's cold. And I probably walked about 30 minutes, and, man, I was freezing. I knew I couldn't even make the house. And wasn't nobody lives on the road where we was at, but, you know, there's no, nothing there. And I'll never make it, man. I'm going to turn around and go back to the car. And I just got to think about all the things God could do and had done for me. Well, why would I not let him do it now? Jason, I want back that old 58 Mercury. Unscrew the gas cap. Act like it's put fuel in it. In Jesus' name. Screwed it back on there. Got in it. That old fiberglass muffler went boom, 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 boom. And guess what I did? I drove her on home. Now, I'm telling you, God can do that. He has done it. He will do it. He's God. He can, you know, he can do anything he wants to do. He's got the means and the backings to do whatever it requires in your life. All these things are just an example for us, you know. Here, 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 Elisha, the man of God. God said, go down there and hang out by the creek for a while. Well, the Bible said brook, but I mean, he'll be called creek. He said, go down there by the creek, just hang out, and you'll be all right. He got down there, and there he sat, and he said, man, ain't no Walmart, ain't no McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell. What am I going to eat? You know what God said? Elijah, don't worry. Just be happy. What's it require? All it takes is God to say, hey, ravens, bring some food over here for Elijah. And them ravens just stood up attention. There they come down. Carried him food. You think God can't do that for you? Man, he's God. I get it. I still get excited talking about all the things God has done and is doing. And guess what? We'll do. He's going to keep doing it. You have that old song, he's the same. He'll do for me what he's done for you. Something like that, anyhow. And Israel, after they got through the Red Sea, they could just never learn. How many times we saw God do things, but yet we got to keep renewing our minds, but, you know, we get that little worry, demon comes and starts saying, man, well, what, what if this, what if that, what if this, all that what's don't never happen. They never happen. They was out there and said, man, here, well, I don't know how many is there. Somebody said there's a million, two million Israelites out there in the wilderness. 
with no Publix, with no far places, wasn't nothing except wilderness. They, for some reason, they had forgot that God just opened up the Dead Sea. You know what to do. That sounds about like us, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's reading the Bible says to up your minds by way of remembrance. Remember. Remember some of the things God does. It's good to talk about what God does. All right, what are we going to eat? Don't worry. Just be happy. I got you covered, God said. I got you covered. Just let some of that quail meat just come flying down, just float down the sky. Now, don't get greedy. Just take enough for the day. That's all you got to do. Don't worry. Be happy because all the promises of God, not one of them will fail, as the matter shall require. A God that can't lie. So what do you need to do in your life? What do you need? Don't worry. <laughs> one, um, one more deal here, then I'm going to turn it back to Jason here in a minute. Did you ever go out and just watch the birds? How many of you ever got a bird feeder? You ever had a bird feeder and just watch the birds? You ever just watch them? You know what Jesus said? He said, now watch it. This is not a suggestion. Give no thought for tomorrow. Now, that's not a suggestion. That could be a command. How many of you ever worried about tomorrow? Well, we all have. We know that. No need to, though. It's all just waste time, waste of life, wasting productive minutes of our life. She said, don't give no thought tomorrow. Look at them birds out there. I love to hunt and hunt all my life, sit in the woods, and I've seen everything going on. And I've sat there and watched them little bird dinners stand for daylight and saw them birds come off the roost and they just perk up. And, and all, once you look down, there's a little old worm sticks his head up out of the ground. That bird just <laughs> down grabs him. And that bird flies up on that limb and says, thank you, Jesus, for my breakfast. That's reality. That's real reality. I love just watch things like that. You ever notice them birds? They don't talk. They don't read. None of that. And how God just feeds them and takes care of them. He'll just do it. God knows what to do. He can set a table before you. You can. You, well, she's just God. You're worried about what you're going to put, put on and clothes. Just look at the flowers in the field. How beautiful they are. That's awesome, isn't it? To me, that's awesome. Don't worry. He's trying to tell us, just be happy. Because the God has promised to supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Think about that. Amen. He can do it. We'll say this one last thing, then I'm going to close. We'll turn it back. One last thing. All these angels and the host of heaven, things that's got wings and everything else up sitting around the throne of God just saying, holy, 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 holy. They're just crying, holy, 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 all day long, 24 hours a day. And you know what excites me? Jason, is the fact God just sitting up on his throne enjoying that? Not at once. All at once, he just stands up and he said, be still. Hush up. 
I hear Jason down there asking me for something, and i got to figure out how I'm going to get it to him. Whatever the matter shall require. Then after God does that, he says, Micah, come here. Got something I need you to do. I need you to go over there and give Dave some peace of mind about his health. It'll be all right. That's the kind of God that, that lives in you. Not a kind of God that we serve. It's the kind of God that lives in you. Each one of you, he's there. He's all around you. Angels are there. They're here all around us in this place all around you. They live in a dimension that we can't see. But when you call on him, he's nigh. 